Welcome to the Hawk Pod. Jack Moore, Josh, Malcolm, Alfred, all with us. And boys, I'm excited to get this started. This is going to be a lot of fun. We have our first guest of our new show, the Hawk Pod. It's going to be James Butler running back for the BC Lions. Currently, an unrestricted free agent in the Canadian Football League, still making his decision on where he's going to go. But this show, we're going to talk to players. We're going to give a different perspective on what the CFL is from a player's perspective. We have two guys on this show who have had experience in CFL locker rooms. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me with you guys because this is going to be a lot of fun. No problem, man. Appreciate you for, uh, you know, being the voice of this and co-hosting uh, with the boys, man. It's uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome experience on this pod. Um, can't wait. Can't wait. So I wanted to start today because obviously we're getting into this a little bit, but Nathan Rourke signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a big news. That's a big news story for the CFL. And of course, like everybody spins their narratives on it. I think it's great for Nathan Rourke. He said that the CFL was an unexpected stop for him. He thought he was going right from Ohio to the NFL, but he ended up in BC. We saw what he did last year before he got injured. If he had played the whole season, I think he probably would have been the most outstanding player. He was the most outstanding Canadian in the CFL. What do you guys think about him signing with Jacksonville? Kind of caught me off guard because, like, Jacksonville's already got, like, their QB of now in the future in Trevor Lawrence. So I was kind of expecting him to go to a team that has, like, kind of like a quarterback who's a bit more up there in age to kind of, like, help transition him in and the other quarterback out. But uh, all in all, it'll be good for the league. It'll get, it get like, more uh, looks from the American media, seeing that you have a Canadian kid coming down to Florida, and he could – who knows he could end up taking Trevor Lawrence's job because like who knows in the world of football right it's all a business like you guys have said but all in all I think it's good for the league as bad as it is losing a stud like that it'll definitely bring a lot more exposure down south yeah, yeah. Uh, you were you gonna say something about yeah no I was gonna say you know I think it's great for the league definitely excited for him um you know as a player when you see somebody set a goal reach it um you're always excited for them regardless so you know him being able to get to that goal as big time for him and kudos. So it's definitely inspiring to, I know the rest of the league to all of Canada, the younger guys. So rooting for him. For me, honestly, uh, when I saw that, I honestly thought it was for me, I thought it was a great fit, you know, instead of, you know, like you said, uh, joining up with a team with the, uh, with the aging QB and then transitioning into a QB one. Um, I just think the Jaguars, like the whole setup of the team right now, the coaching staff, and then him being able to compete, with someone who is, you know, the quarterback of the future, um, you know, going in and competing every day with him, um, you know, growing and learning together. I think that would be perfect for his game and um, for his development really as a, you know, NFL or, you know, future um, CFL QB that, I mean, obviously he's already done his thing in the CFL, but just like for his future, I definitely think this was a, a great fit for him. And um, I'm excited to see what he does or whenever he gets the opportunity to play you know what I'm saying? Uh, like in the preseason, you know, that's going to be uh, something to look out for, for sure. It was interesting, too, because the way it was reported initially was that he was going to go to a team where there was a clear path to being a number one quarterback. Right. So a team with already a number one quarterback who, you know, maybe hasn't played so well or he was going to go to a team with an open quarterback. Uh, battle at QB one. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it sounds like he wanted to go where there was guaranteed money. So it sounds like his first year is fully guaranteed with the Jaguars. So he knows he's not getting cut. He knows there's a good chance of him being the QB two. What I really like about him going to Jacksonville too, 
how much is Trevor Lawrence going to play in the preseason, right? Not very much. So Nathan Rourke's going to get a lot of preseason film that can give him opportunities. So if a quarterback gets hurt later in the year, they can try and trade for him. Um, if a quarter, uh, if a team needs uh, a quarterback down the line, maybe next offseason, they can try and trade for him. But he already has that guaranteed money from year number one. So I think that it was really smart for him. Like it was, it was more of a situation of him. Like I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my film and wherever the opportunity opens up, that's where I'm going to take it. Or who knows, right? Like everybody knows you can get injured in football. Trevor Lawrence goes down. Nathan works there to step in. He still has to win the number two job in Jacksonville. And I have no doubt that he can, but I actually think that this is a really smart decision. When I first heard it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it's because the way it was explained initially was that he was going to go to a place where there was a clear path to number one. I think a lot of the the guaranteed money and the opportunity to get the film in the preseason was a big factor in his decision to go to Jacksonville as opposed to go to a team where he's battling for the QB one spot. So not only is he trying to get his film, but so is the other guys competing for that spot too. Exactly. So there's always going to be that comparison where there's no comparison in Jacksonville, right? It's a clear cut mm-hmm. number two. He's going to do his thing in training camp, do his thing in the preseason. He's going to get his money. He's going to be on the team. And if somebody wants him, they're going to come and get him. But what he did in the CFL this year was, it was insane to watch. It was one of the more incredible things as a fan of this league to see a Canadian kid show up in the league, be that good at the position, right? Like you look at the mechanics of playing quarterback, you look at the reads, you know, being able to dissect defenses. Like he was just so incredible. So for, for me to QB see motion. this happen, like hmm. it's, it's crazy, man, that, that like there is now a genuine path for Canadian quarterbacks. Like for the longest time, like think about all the Canadian quarterbacks who have come through the CFL and we're like, is this going to be the next Canadian guy? Is this going to be the next guy? And Nathan Rourke is that guy to set the standard like, hey, we can do this, right? Like we can develop a Canadian quarterback. He can go play in the States. He can go play NCAA, but there's a chance that he can come be a superstar in the Canadian Football League. And I just, I think that's awesome. A superstar he was. Uh, next piece of news, Bo Levi Mitchell signs with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and Josh is pretty <laughs> excited about this one. Um, I, I don't think there's a ton of surprise here, right? Obviously, Hamilton proved that they wanted him when they traded for his rights. Like, you don't do that with a pending free agent unless you're intent on completely bringing him on the roster. But Hamilton now gets that security at the quarterback position. Right. They had Jeremiah Masoli and Dane Evans, and there was a back and forth. And then Masoli goes to Ottawa. Dane Evans is the starter. He doesn't have a great year. Schiltz comes in and plays a little bit. But now they have their true number one quarterback. And now it creates sort of an interesting piece because where does Dane Evans go now? I feel like it's kind of been already reported that it's like Dane Evans to Sasquatch is on. You've seen Dunk talk about it. And then I don't know if you guys watched uh, Bo's introduction podcast but like coach o was kind of like flirting with the line that for now he's a tie cat so like you know that a move is coming um so i just feel yeah like sask is the best option because they kind of made it clear that they don't really want fajardo back and he's probably they're one of the only teams that would probably like need a qb other than i can't imagine that saskatchewan like fajardo would want to go back to saskatchewan like the way that the fans have, have dealt with it, the way that the organizations dealt with it. Like, I really don't feel like Saskatchewan is in the cards. Cause now like with Bo, cause there was a thought in Saskatchewan, oh, we're going to get Bo Levi Mitchell. And you know, whether fans wanted it, whether they didn't, you know, 
it is what it is. But now that they don't have that option, right? Like who are your options at quarterback? Like who still needs a home? And it's Dane Evans and Cody Fajardo, right? So, you know, maybe, maybe McLeod Bethel Thompson, if Toronto decides to move on, like who knows what's going to happen there. But like, we just, we don't know what's going to happen. And now there's this sense of like, okay, well maybe we test our luck with Cody Fajardo again. But if I'm Cody Fajardo, the way that I was treated at the end, I don't know if I want to do that. It's kind of like, does he have another option? It's true. Like, if he wants to be a starter, like, where else are you going to go to start? Right? Everywhere he goes, he's probably going to need a competition. The only way it makes sense for Fajardo, other than, like, a CFL, like, going to the XFL or the USFL. But I don't think that the CFL would want to lose guys like that to a league other than the NFL. Right. So it, it, it's a tough situation for Saskatchewan. It's a tough situation for Cody Fajardo because now your, your options have narrowed and it's because Hamilton was aggressive and they went out and made that trade, right? Like their front office said, Hey, we're in this. Uh, we want to go get Bo Levi Mitchell. We want him to be our quarterback. And that move I think really helped getting Bo Levi to sign that three-year deal as opposed to testing free agency. And then our last piece of news that we got here, uh, Gino Lewis last night posted the Allen Iverson clip talking about being the MVP um, about the team game. And it's pretty clear that uh, the relationship has fizzled between him and the Montreal Alouettes uh, management group and that he is going to test free agency. If I am one of the eight other GMs in the Canadian Football League, I am immediately calling his agent and asking what he wants. He what makes every team better, right? Like, like name a team that he doesn't make better in the Canadian Football League right now. Facts. You can't. There, you, can't. There yeah, isn't. you can't, right? So if I'm a GM on one of these eight teams, I am calling his agent right now and asking what the price is, right? What, whatever the negotiation window is, whenever we can start negotiating on, on uh, price and term, I'm giving it to Geno Lewis. Right. Like this is a guy like he's a top receiver in the Canadian Football League. He makes every team better, like even BC with all the weapons that they have. We're talking to James Butler in a little bit. We talked about the weapons that they have on offense. But you look at Geno Lewis, he would fit in perfectly there, too, because they have so many weapons that they could add to the roster. Then you look at other teams who need a number one receiver. Right. Look at all the teams who who could use a number one receiver. I, I just think that if if you're a GM in the CFL and you're not even kicking tires on him. That's a tough one to sell to your ownership group or your fans, because he genuinely is a game changer just on his own. Like, I feel like he's a receiver who doesn't have 50, 50 balls. There's a ball in the air. He's coming down with it. Like 80, 90, 20, 10. 90, 10. Yeah, 90, 10. exactly. 99, one, like that guy, <laughs> like when Montreal's in town, you just like, and they're down and it's like the last minute of the game. Like, you know, the ball's going to Gino and he's catching the ball and you're going to go home sad because your team lost. Cause it's Gino. I made Lewis. a lot of money on Gino Lewis over receiving yards last year. <laughs> and like, I just, I don't understand. Like I, I get it. Like a guy's been in the room long enough and, and you know, him long enough. And, and sometimes like over time, like relationships strain, but at the same time, it's like, who are you going to replace him with? Like, like there's not, there's not a guy that you can bring in immediately. That's going to make an impact like him. Man, like how are the Canadian boys fly? Man. Well, and that's, but that's the other thing. Like I was kind of, 
I, I felt that way about Montreal throughout the season is like whenever you would give the ball to Phil Pot, he would do something with it, right? But they never gave him the ball. So maybe this is their way of saying, hey, we, we want to see what our, our younger guys have had. But clearly there's like this disconnect between Gino and, and Montreal. And if I was an Alouettes fan, I'd, I'd be pretty upset about this because uh, Gino Lewis is one of those top tier guys in the league. Wasn't uh, Jake Weinicke uh, an all-star as well? He's a free agent as well also. Okay. Oh, he's mm-hmm. a free agent too. So yeah, they, have, see they what... have a lot of receivers actually free agents. I was looking at it last night because we were recording uh, our emergency bulletin because of Bo signing for Eaton and Raw. And like they have like Winicky, uh Mayala, Gino. Like they have a lot of key receivers. Yeah, I don't agents. think Herjie's going to sign back. Who Who's so... the highest paid uh, – sorry, who's the highest paid receiver right now? Do we know? Lawler. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. he's, like, what, just, he's just fresh off that bag. Right? No, yeah. he's 300K. I think. Three something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, do you think Gino gets more than that on the open market? Do you Depends. think Do you think a team that doesn't it. know him hasn't – I think he deserves it. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. there's that, that view on it from management of how a guy yeah. leaves. Right? Right? So Facts. like, you know, yeah. there's, there's that, there's that common quote where it's like, don't judge somebody on how they treat you on your way in, but how they treat you on your way out. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, that's the case for Montreal, but there could be other teams looking at this and like, Hey, if, if this is how it ends in, in Montreal, yeah, he's a great player. Do we want that to eventually happen here? Now, sometimes GMs don't even think that far because they're saying, I, I have the job right now. I'm not going to have it in three years when, when it goes South anyway. So I need him right now, but there's that, there's that aspect to it too. So would a team be willing to shell out top tier, you know, highest paid receiver in the CFL for a guy, which this is, this is the way he's going out. And we don't know the full story and I'm sure it's going to come up in free agency when teams talk to him. You know, I'm not saying it's a, it's a Gino Lewis problem, but it's definitely something to consider. But I do agree with you, Malcolm, that I think that this is a guy who 100% would deserve being the highest paid player, highest paid receiver in the Canadian football league. Pay that man. Pay that man. Hey, if the Argos wanted to make him the highest paid receiver in the CFL, I would be more than happy. Come on in, Gino. Come on in. Come on in. They got to pay KG2 first. The water's nice in southern Ontario. Yeah. They got to pay KG2 first, man. Yeah, actually, yeah. Take care of Curly. Take care of Curly, then we'll get Gino. It's my guy. Yeah. I'm a big jack. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what? And, and I think too, like every team, there's so many moves in the CFL because the contracts are so short, right? Like everybody signs one year deals, two year deals. So like, it feels like you look at it and the whole roster is coming up in free agency. And so now when you have a situation like this, you know, is, is Gino going to have a ripple effect on how those other guys want to sign in Montreal? Right. So heard Mayala, right. Uh, if Gino's coming back. I'll come back. And then Gino goes and he's like, well, I don't want to go back if Gino's not coming back. So does that have an effect on Montreal too? Mm, that's a good point. I, I think definitely the, it depends on the relationships and stuff like that. But I know maybe from a perspective, if you feel like, you know, the, the staff and the management are treating this player this way, like a way you don't like, it could definitely have an effect. Like, damn, you did, you did my bro like that. Like, I don't want to be here or something. So you never know, right? If that's how you're going to treat our best player, how are yeah. you going to treat me, exactly. right? Like if, if that's how you're going to treat wide receiver number one, how are you going to treat wide receiver number three, mm-hmm. right? 
or like you could look at it from any position on the team. If 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 you're if that's the way you're going to treat our best offensive player, how are you going to treat, you know, our starting will linebacker, right? How are you going to treat a defensive tackle, right? Everybody can kind of look at it and say the same thing. And it's interesting because Danny Machocha already caught a lot of flack at the start of last year, right? Because he, he made the coaching change so early and stepped in himself. Now he's got Jason Moss coming in who had a bad end to in Edmonton. So now if you're a free agent, are you saying like, Hey, this has kind of been, you know, every turn for Montreal, this hasn't been fun, right? Like Machocha was under fire. Like, yeah, they made it to the East final, but like Machocha was under fire at the start of the year. And then now, you know, he hires Jason Moss and the way it ended in Edmonton, do guys want to go play for him? Right. So it's, it's just all this effect that's going to have. And now Gino Lewis has kind of put his foot down and said, I'm out, I'm going somewhere else. And I think there's eight other teams, eight other fan bases that would be more than happy to bring Gino Lewis into the fold. For sure. Where do you think he goes? Alfred. Hamilton. Everybody's uh, I, Hamilton. I mean, <laughs> yep. BC, BC before the season, um, they try to throw 300. They try to sign Kenny Law for 300K as well, even with that stacked, um, even with that stacked uh, receiving core already. And they just lost Brian Burnham to retirement. So um, I could see BC making another run at him. Um, so did because Gino was VA in Montreal when Gino was there too, right? Yeah. yeah. So they know so. each other. And BC's already come and said, like, hey, VA is our guy. Yeah, so. So I mean, if they like uh, each other, that's another, like, a relationship that could get a big signing for, for BC, right? Yeah, and uh, a lot of the guys in uh, Montreal, when VA got, you know, he got traded over to BC, a lot of those guys were outspoken about his character and how much they loved, you know, being VA's teammate. So I definitely think, you know, Gino in this little hardship um, he's going through with Montreal. He's definitely want to want to go to a place that you know there's a comfortability, a, a little bit of you know familiarity um, with their QB. So I definitely think BC is an option for him, or wherever Trevor Harris signs. If he signs somewhere else, you know maybe he wants to go play with Trevor Harris too. You know, so I definitely think that's a possibility for him. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely wants to go somewhere and win as well. Um, so that's definitely uh, it's probably at the forefront of his brain too. So free agency coming up, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where all the pieces land because your favorite team probably is gonna look quite a bit different than it did last year, and we're already starting to see it with guys saying, "Hey, I'm not coming back." Uh, we got James Butler coming up right now. He's a running back, played for BC last year, had an incredible year, started the year four touchdowns in the first game against the Edmonton Elks, uh, and he was an incredible talk to, so we'll get to that interview right now. Here's James Butler, CFL running back. And we now bring in James Butler to the show. James, thanks for joining us, being our first guest on the Hawk Pod. Thank you very much. Running back, BC Lions, had an incredible start to the year last year. Four touchdowns in the first game. How did that feel just coming out of the gate? You guys blew out Edmonton. You came out of the gate, two rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. How good did it feel just to come out of the gate early in the season and get things going on the right foot? It felt, it felt great. You know, I feel like no, nobody expects that. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't expecting nobody else was really expecting this. So it, it felt good to kind of uh, show everybody because, like, obviously it was like a little coming out party for me, but it was a coming out party for Nate. You know what I'm saying? It was coming out party for 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 our entire team. So I know a lot of a lot of people weren't expecting much from BC, you know, going into the season. So 
it was really good to to come out and and, and a huge crowd you know that was the the concert day so it was, it was a huge crowd out there you know uh bc place was was rocking that day so it, it was dope yeah, you guys had the, the massive crowd. It was a sellout of BC Place. And then you guys show up like that. Like, it just to get the season started so well yeah. must have felt really good. Now you're in the offseason. You're in Chicago right now. What does your offseason routine look like at this point of the year? Man, so right now, I, I just started started back, like, probably always try to start it back right before Christmas, working out again, but mainly just getting my body back right from, from a long season. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I picked up a, a couple – new habits so I really all I do is like work out now but like part of my morning routine right now I just started uh funny enough I started I saw like ice plunges going crazy on on TikTok so I decided to start that um I gave myself a goal of I want to read a read a book a month so I'm I'm actually three books in so I'm kind of like front loading right now because I know like training camp and all that I know I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to read as much as quick so uh what have you read so and, the Sorry. books I've read so far, now you good. Uh, books I've read so far, I started with Tough from uh, it's like a Terry Crews um, like biography like of his life called Tough, like finding the true power of toughness. And then I read uh, Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson, and then I read uh, A Mountain Is You by Brianna Weiss. And now I'm reading the Yamas and Niyamas by Deborah Adele. So that's that's what number three right now. What is that book about? What is that book about? Which one? The, the Yamas of the, the the Yamas, the, the Yamas and the Niyamas. It's it's like everyone always asks that. It's it's so weird. I felt like I was watching a podcast like on YouTube, like probably it was so long ago. And all I remember was bro was telling he was talking about like you have to give things back to the universe. Like you can't, you know, expect to hold on to everything. And he said this book is from the, the Yamas and the Yamas, and I had no idea what it is. And just him saying that one thing, I went and bought it on Amazon. But it's 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 pretty much it's like the guidelines of the yogic practice. So like yoga, but it like it gets more into like um, it breaks it down to like ten guidelines. There's like ten. Um, I wish I had my notes with me. There's like ten yamas and ten niyamas. And so the first one, uh, the first niyamas I'm reading about is pretty much like the foundation is called like non-stealing or not it's non-violence and it just breaks down non-violence it's like courage and like i remember the, the person I, the part i can remember right now off my head because i just read it like yesterday it was like be be uh be watchful for nice people like to be nice versus being real because being nice is like an illusion you know what i'm saying being nice is kind of like what you wrap up it, it had this really cool it's like this one person like it says for every person I wrap myself in this perfect box. I feel like I'm just rambling, but I, I don't no, know. No, you're good, you're good. <laughs> but no, but it says like, the first person was like, for everybody, I wrap myself into this perfect box and present them to them. And then another person was like, I'm a different person for everybody. And my biggest fear is that everybody will be in the same room and I won't know who to be. So that's, so those are like the two different yeah. like parts of like being nice. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, be so be uh it was like being nice versus being real being real is like being real sucks like it's hard you know what i'm saying and it's uh it's not easy and not obviously not a lot of people like it but it's trustworthy you know what i'm saying if someone's real with you all the time that's a person you can trust that's a person like that's not just that's that's looking out for your best interest but also like might hurt your feelings but like at least you know that like they're not just like you know giving you you know what i'm saying just a bunch of fluff so uh that's one I, I I really like the the yamas and the yamas. It's crazy because uh, 
I've been reading like a bunch of self-help books. So I was like, maybe I need to switch it up. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, uh, but this book has been like really on my, on my list of reading it ever since uh, I got the Cry Like a Man book. Cause I really want to read Cry Like a Man. Cause I, I uh, my homie told me about that. that was a really good one. And it was really good, but yeah. So Yamas and Yamas. But I think after this self-help book, I'm going to try to go like financial literacy. I, I got Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've, I've heard really good things about that. Classic, um, classic. Yeah, that's a classic one. Uh, a classic. My favorite is my favorite is The Alchemist. That's like, that that, that goes book. crazy. That's the Four Agreements is really right good. I read, I read that one last year. But uh, but yeah, man, I've been on this book hype. I remember I just started the Yamas and Yamas and I saw a book on Twitter was about like love so I went and bought that one then I got the power of now I heard that one's a really good one too so I just got that one um I have a book I got like 12 books on a tuck right now I'm like a I'm like a book hoarder <laughs> now are you like are you like a physical reader like do you read the yes. books like physically or yes, you don't yes. use the iPad or anything like that no nah, I can't I can't because like I feel like I get enough off social media being on my phone you know what I'm saying just right, like right. trying to sit and watch like look at a book and read a book on a screen I just I just I feel like I just look sounds terrible for my eyes or even like audiobooks. I can't really do audiobooks because like if I did an audiobook, I would need to be doing something else and I wouldn't be able to like, you know what I'm saying, really focus on what it's saying. And for most of my books, I like to like sit there and take notes with it too. So like kind of and like to underline and, and highlight stuff and like, hey, like if I ever get back to this book, like I like start to like reread. I just really like I want one day I want like a really fire library. Yeah, my books, yeah. Aren't gonna, my, my books aren't going to be the best like giveaway because I write so many notes in them. But like, I mean, if you don't care about that, then it doesn't really matter. But yeah. So like, do you, when you make your notes, are they in the book physically, or do you have like a separate uh-huh. notebook? So I have see? a, I have a, so I have, I write little notes in the book, but I have a journal too. So that's what also I do. I journal. So like my my morning routine right now is like I try to wake up, I hop in an ice bath. The first thing I do. And then um, I let myself warm up and then I meditate. I walk my dog Snoop and then I'll journal. And then I usually won't have time to read because that's, that's, that's a while. I'll eat something, go work out, and then I'll come back and I'll try to read instead of like, because like I love TV, but like if I can, you know, saying get, get off TV or get off social media for a couple hours and get into my book. Because like it's the hardest part is just like starting to read. But once I start reading it, next thing I know, I like I'm like, you know, 10, 12 pages in. Cause I think the cry like a man book, I, I read it in like two and a half weeks or three weeks or something like that. And I was a lot, that was the fast I've ever read a book. Like usually it takes me book, like read the book, like two months. So it's been pretty cool being able to, to knock these books out and, and get so much free game. JB's library is going to be half books that he's read and then half books that he's written based on the books that he's read. Like that's, <laughs> going to be, that's going to be sweet. Like that's going to be the best library to have where you can go like this half. It's like, yeah, this is all my stuff. And then that's yeah. all the stuff that I read. Literally. Like I've, I've probably gone through like three or four journals now. Cause I'm just like trying to like rewrite the book in my, in my journal. But that's like, that's good too. Cause you're doing it through your mind, like your perception, your takeaway. And then when mm-hmm. you, like, when you talk to people about like that same book, like you have your notes on it, but then they have their perception on how they read it. Right. Yeah. Cause like somebody puts information out there and it's, it's so fascinating how different people can like take away information, right? Like mm-hmm. you, like we can all five of us hear one piece of information and we can all take five different things away from it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it's it's and then that's like goes back to your point about like the being nice and being real where 
you know, sometimes you have that, like, I got to be nice to this person. I got to smile because I'm in a situation, whether like it's a yeah. job or whether it's, you know, a social gathering. But then like, if you're being real with somebody, you hate that because you want everybody to like you, right? Like we have yeah. this innate, innate feeling of being liked. And I know Alfred's like feeling this answer too, but like, it's so true because, you know, everybody wants to be liked by everyone. He, we don't want to have people not like us. Like I know my mm -hmm. situation, if I see on Twitter after games that I call and people are like, this guy yeah. stinks, you know, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm the worst broadcaster in the history of the world. But at the same time, <laughs> exactly. it's like, you know what, if I, you know, if I feel like I did well and did my job, who cares what, you know, you know, Brittany, one, two, seven, eight, five, six, two, nine things, right? Nah, 100%. Like, I, and they had this really cool quote. I found it on my phone. It said, a lie would make no sense unless the truth felt like, it said, a lie would make no sense unless the truth felt it was too dangerous. So, like, like then it just goes to, to why lie? Why are we afraid to hurt someone's feelings? Or afraid that we told the truth, we would not be liked or admired anymore. So, so yeah, it's like, we all have that innate feeling of just like wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked by everybody. But like, like sometimes you got to get people to real. And, and then like, and, and I just feel like the day and age we live right now, people don't want to hear the real. People want to hear what they, what they want to hear. They want to hear the, the fabricated version. They want to hear. Yeah. They want to hear what's going to make them feel good. Yeah. The sugar coated stuff that'll make them feel good about themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, They want to put the filter on. They want to get the likes on Instagram and they want everybody uh -huh. to tell them how they awesome they are, but nobody yeah. wants to hear that. This is how you can do better. And it's so interesting because I feel like, you know, when you're in a football situation, like you're in a, a, a film study, like a lot mm -hmm. of people who have, who watch the sport, love the sport, talk about the sport have never been in a situation where they've been in a film room where that film comes up. And you had a bad rep oh and you get God. absolutely torched. Oh like just the feeling of sitting, especially when it's in like a big team meeting. Like it's one thing when you're in like a running back meeting or you're in mm -hmm. a DB meeting or a D line meeting. But when you're in front of the whole team and everybody can see like you're the one person who didn't do their job on the, on the rep and that coach yeah. just laying into you like there. And it's like this helpless feeling where you're just sitting there, but like, I feel like that actually helps you in situations of being real as opposed to being nice because you're getting that feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody's sugarcoating this for you. You got to do your job and somebody's telling you that. So it's, it's literally a situation where you can take that from, from what you're reading and, and put it into your professional football career. 100%. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta, I, and I try to use that in my friendships. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously like, I, everyone wants to be accepted by their friends. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that friend that's like the Debbie Downer, but you also, you know what I'm saying? You want to be that friend that like, hey, like I want to, I'm going to give it to you straight up, but I want you to give it to me straight up. Like if I'm, if sure. I'm not doing right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I'm not, if I'm not doing right, like, like put, put, t tell me about myself. And if you're not doing right, I want to be able to tell you about yourself. I don't want to be that friend that has to like kind of walk that fine line. Like, oh, if I say this, we're our friendships on the rocks. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the difference between real friends and, and people you just associate with. Yeah, it's so true. And like, even so, like when you take this information, like over the course of the season, like you've talked a little mm -hmm. bit about being mental health and the reading and trying to keep your mind right. How do you do that? Especially like a CFL season that's 21 weeks long and then you got playoffs and you know, it's crunch time and there's a whole city that's watching everything you do. Like, how do mm -hmm. you try and disconnect from everything that happens on the field and all these people watching your every move to just mm -hmm. try and get back to a right place mentally? Cause it can be a pressure cooker for a lot of yeah. people. It's tough. And, and that's why I like, like I saw people 
it's always looking to be crazy when I say like I read Terry Crews books. But Terry Crews actually has like a crazy story. Like Terry Crews was a Midwest kid like me. He went to uh, Western Michigan. He played in the league for a little bit. Then he started acting. And it's just like, it's like, it's, it's all these things that go into being a professional athlete. Like it looks glamorous. Like obviously on Instagram, I'm going to show you my best self. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and then during the season, it looks great. But, uh, but it's just like, it's, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just so many, it's so much more. Like we're like real people, you know what I'm saying? Like you're beat up week four and on, you know what I'm saying? And out of 18 games and it's just like, you know, you're winning game, you're losing games, you're, you're competing every day. You know what I'm saying? You're competing against other grown men. You know what I'm saying? You're competing against the best of the best every week. You're getting everybody's best every week. And you know what I'm saying? There's going to be ups and downs, ups and flows. And that's why I feel like, the the meditation the reading kind of like kind of like takes me out of it and like like puts me like in the back seat you know what I'm saying and just like because I think when it comes to the Terry Crews book he had a really good point talking about like um like when he was shooting a movie it was great because it's like glitz and glamour you know what I'm saying he's in this city he's in that city but then when he's back at home he's kind of like doesn't really know who he is you know what I'm saying it's kind of like that that um those lights are off. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when, when a player like goes from being a player to like working at, you know, working in a, in a job for, for, for eight hours, you know what I'm saying? That transition is tough. And I feel like, I feel like that too. Sometimes that's why like I started the ice tubs. Cause it was like, I went from like, you know, BC Lions started running back, boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Doing so well, you know what I'm saying? Having great games in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, this, the Lions haven't been in the, in the playoffs since 2016 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? All that, all the accolades, all the, you know what I'm saying? The the license, the glamour and all that. Then just going home, back to Chicago, not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Just working out. No one's watching. No, mm-hmm. nobody wants to interview me. Nobody wants to talk to mm-hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like a matter of learning how to to balance. You know what I'm saying? The balance of both. Cause like I know that like that love I was getting in BC is awesome, but I can't like, you know what I'm saying? I can't like that can't be like my purpose. That can't be like what like gets me up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a matter of being able to balance and knowing just like taking it one day at a time, one step at a time and, and, and being present. Like during my time in Vancouver, like I loved it. Like I was completely there, had the best time. Like those, some of those teammates were, will be like, you know, my, my best friends till, like, you know, to my last day. And like now it's just, a, it's just a different, like it's just a different animal. Now, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm, I'm attacking my off season even more. Cause I saw like what my off season last year was able to provide for me this season. So it's like, okay, if I work even harder this, you know, this off season, maybe I can have an even better season. You know what I'm saying? That's always the goal to try to, what can I do to improve now? Like I saw what I, I did last year, but I saw there's a bunch of things I can improve on. There's a bunch of things that I did well, but now I'm going to take that into this off season. Like, okay, those things that I improved on, like let's, can we get those better than those things that I was lacking? Can I get better in those off season? So it's just like a matter of um, just being present. You know what I'm saying? I really like this quote and like being where your feet at. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, as long as I can just stay, minded stay grounded you know what i'm saying like uh it was i'm like full of these like weird quotes but uh it was like this person's like i wish like my life was just kind of like just even you know what i'm saying just like just like i wish my highs weren't so high my lows weren't so low and then they they uh they compared it like to a heart monitor they were saying like i knew it yeah you know i do i do exactly the quote you feel me like i don't know why i know all these weird quotes but uh but he was saying like uh if you're if you're if your heart monitor was just straight, you know what I'm saying? You flatline, you gone, you did. So 
what I'm saying? You got to have the highs and the lows. So that's that's what I'm really trying to take. Like, you know, my highs are highs, my lows are lows, but I just try to stay even keeled through it all. That's amazing. That's such a good way to look at it. Yeah, that's a great way. And uh, I knew I knew exactly what quote uh, you were about to mention because I watched that video too. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been going around a, a lot lately around on my my for you page or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But um, you mentioned something that I wanted to touch on. You said be where your feet at, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that I heard personally a lot when I was like at B- in BC, um, especially because a lot of the guys on the team when I was there. Um, they were, there was their first year playing in the CFL. Um, and a lot of the guys, you know, you go to the CFL, you just want to get right back to the NFL or whatever, wherever, wherever you want to be, you just don't want to be in Canada. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that is detrimental to your career and you never get to to the place you want to be at, um, because of, you know, you're not where your feet at. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your, your breakout season this year, um, was the difference between, this year and last year, you kind of like getting more comfortable in your See, role. Like exactly, exactly what you said. Like those guys that like that were stressing about being where your feet at. Like that was me in 2019 when I was in SAS for uh for training camp. Cause I was I had just I don't know if like I mean this I like try to like wipe this memory from my life because like that was that was a tough time for me. But like so I just left the Raiders my first year. I just got let go. Then I'm like, then that's when Saz called, like, hey, do you want to come to Canada? I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'll just go to Canada real quick, you know, play a couple games and come back down. Like, that was my goal, like, in Saz. Like, so that whole training camp, I remember it was me and Moro. We were both competing for that spot. But uh, they had just signed William Powell, and they had Marcus Dickson. So they had some really good backs in Saz. But um, so we were competing for, that, competing for those spots, but I just wasn't well like mentally like I wasn't mature mentally because I was just so like I'm gonna just get here I'm gonna you know what I'm saying get my film play a couple games to get back down like get back down the states you know what I'm saying but like it obviously it didn't work out that way I didn't make the team and like that was that was that was definitely one of my most humbling experiences in my life because I was like I was like wow like I can't make it up in Canada like it's it, it, it might be time for me to do something else you know what I'm saying but then like obviously growing maturing you know, luckily I end up, you know, re-signing with the Raiders and then doing doing all that thing, doing all those things. But just coming back, like getting the opportunity to go back to Canada. So my first year at BC, I just really took it as like, hey, this is a great opportunity. Let me take it one day at a time. Because even my roommate, Reggie Corbin, who's doing his thing in the USFL now, like he was kind of like how I was when um when I when I was my first year uh at SAS, just like, bro, we just gonna go up here, we're gonna do our thing, and we're gonna go down 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 to the States. And I just remember, like, telling them, like, yes, bro, I understand. Like, that's, like, every – that's 99% of Americans, like, you know what I'm saying, go when they when they first get to Canada. But, like, you got to understand, like, these dudes ball too. Like, these – you know what I'm saying? These dudes ain't just here for no reason. You know what I'm saying? There, there's good players here too. But um, we have to – like, this is our opportunity at hand. We got to focus on this opportunity we have right now. And that's the most opportunity we have right now. We can't sit here and – be right here today, but focusing on what's going to happen next year, what's going to happen, you know, three, four months from now. We got to figure out, you know what I'm saying? We got one day of practice. We got indie. We got team. We got meetings. Let's focus on indie team and meetings. Then, like, once we, like, it's because it's funny enough, too. Another quote. Uh, Eric Thomas, like, he's a motivational speaker, and he was just saying, like, um, he was just, as a motivational speaker, he was just, like, his head down, head down, head down. 
And then um, he just looked up one day. He's like the number one motivational speaker. And I, that's how I like to work. You know what I'm saying? I just like to keep my head down and work. And I just feel like whatever's going to happen is going to happen no matter what. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to get exactly out of it. What I, whatever I put the work in, that's what I'm going to get out of it. So I feel like when it comes to this, this, this past year at BC, like, yes, I was a lot more comfortable in the role, like in the offense, like it was a lot, it was a lot of continuity. It was a lot of, you know, second year guys playing, you know, playing their second year. Um, it was a lot of the same guys. So that was nice too. But um, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just being more comfortable going into training camp more comfortable. Cause I'm always, I'm just like a stress kind of guy. Like I'm always just like, somebody trying to take my spot, somebody trying, you know what I'm saying? Somebody trying to take something from me. That's just how I operate. And, but this, but this year I was just like, you know what I'm saying? Let me just go be the best version of me. I can't sit here and compare and contrast because it's so easy to do that as, as athletes, you know, compare yourself to other guys, but it's like, I'm just competing against myself every day. If I can just get better every day and be the best version of me, I'm going to be a better teammate. I'm going to be a better, you know, guy in the locker room. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a better running back. So this year is just a matter of me just being more comfortable, um, having a little bit more skin in the game. It's crazy. I was talking to Malcolm about it the other day. We were talking about how long my career is. He's like, bro, you really a vet. And I'm like, like low key. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm so I'm so used to being, you know, a young guy. But uh, but 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 I'm just uh trying to do my best to to I guess be like some some somewhat of a vet. I'm still not not used to that 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 title. But uh, but yeah. It's so interesting, too, because, like, so many guys are like that where they're like, hey, I want to play in the NFL. Like, I want to play down in the States, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you hear about guys who, like, don't take the CFL option and, you know, mm -hmm. they're selling cars or they're working in an office or they're doing whatever. They start their own business. And mm -hmm. then, like, two or three years go by and all of a sudden yeah. they're not in football shape anymore. So, like, do you want to get paid to play football right now and still mm -hmm. keep doing this? Or, or, or are you past that? And for most guys, like – they're not done playing football. Like they still feel like they have a lot left on the table. And it seems like, you know, you still feel like you have a lot left on the table and, you know, it's, it's kind of feels like you still carry that like chip on your shoulder. Cause mm -hmm. you know, like you bounced around before, you know, you got to Saskatchewan, you bounced around and then you go to the XFL. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you went to the XFL. It got canceled cause of COVID. Like it must've mm -hmm. felt like every, like nothing was falling your way after leaving school. Like it's like, 100%. you know, I got cut here. I, I didn't make it here. I, I didn't go here. I go to the XFL. It's looking good. Boom. COVID hits. And now all mm -hmm. of a sudden, like, what am I going to do? Right. Like it, like, did it feel like when the XFL shut down, did it feel like that was the end of football for you? Yeah. Like, did, uh, uh, did that ever cross your mind at least? Like maybe not like you, you fully thought you were done, but did it ever uh -huh. cross your mind? Like, Hey, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, I might be done. 100%. I thought, I thought I was done after Saskatchewan to be honest. I thought I was done after the Raiders cut me for the fourth time. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm always just like, like when is, I don't, I don't know when the next opportunity is going to present itself. I hope it does. But for me, it's like, I'm going to be prepared when it does. I always said, like, if I went a full calendar year with no football, then, like, okay, maybe it's time for me to, you know what I'm saying, to look look a different route. Because, like, cause like you said, like, I I know just personally from playing in the, the, the like, the advice I give guys, like, yo, like, that, that, that college film only lasts so long. Like, you got, like, you got, like, you know, probably a year to a year and a half of that shelf life of that film. But that film's going to expire, man. They they're, they're want to see something else, you know what I'm saying? They want to see you against different guys. I try to tell young guys that who are like 
trying to just like you know what i'm saying play the waiting game but i because I, I know what the waiting game is too it it sucks you know what i'm saying you're just sitting at home you're working out every day you know what i'm saying like you said you're you're, you're getting you know odd jobs or or real jobs and trying to work out and and stay in football shape but there's nothing there's no any any like any of us who play football there's no workout that's going to compare to a football practice like there's no workout that's going to compare to you know live live reps at practice you know what i'm saying you can bench 300 pounds every day all day it's not gonna you're still gonna be tired you know in your third you know session of practice so it's just a matter of getting back out there but yeah it's def that 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 has definitely always crossed my mind of when the xfl happened because i feel like the xfl like stopped and it was it was doing so well it was so much fun it kind of like it brought my love back for football honestly i always said like, that was kind of like a like a life-changing experience because i remember just being super young, this is this is gonna get dark. Being super young, but when I was with the Raiders, I was probably like the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And what's crazy is like on paper, that was like the best time of my life. You know, that was the most money I was making. Like obviously from the outside looking in, I looked great. Like I was with the with the girl I thought I was gonna marry. It was just a it was a bunch of factors like from the outside looking in, but like mentally I just wasn't well just because like I was so focused on outside forces like it was does this coach like me am I doing well like I'm working you know what I'm saying I'm at practice every day but then I'm seeing them work out running backs but I'm like not helped I'm like I'm, but I'm like I'm fine so it's like why they you know why they're working on running backs what am I doing wrong mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's just a constant of just like trying to impress someone not knowing what I'm doing wrong not really doing anything wrong doing everything right but um, but just this this stressor on my on my shoulders that like I didn't really know how to handle as much as I know how to handle now, which I like, you know what I'm saying? But like then like I just football is my entire life. Like that's what gave me my purpose then. And like if football was taken away from me, like I was just gonna be in such a dark place because like I just wouldn't have known like who I was. But uh, but now just learning more about myself, learning more about like my purpose, what I have to offer. I I, ne I never want to get to that 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 space again because that was a, that was a tough space to be in. So I try to I try to put guys up on game on that too. Like, like yes, this football like it's 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 great. It's an amazing opportunity, but but know that like this game doesn't love you back. Like you know what I'm saying? You 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 can be here and, and gone the next. You see the mm -hmm. the top guys and 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 the league. You know what I'm saying? Get get let go and and shuffle around. So it's just like you got to be smart. And you gotta like Marshawn said, you gotta protect your protect your chicken. That might mean money to some people, but for me, that means you're mental. Right. Uh, but it's yeah. so it's so true though. Like you look at Michael Riley in BC, who was your quarterback last mm -hmm. year, right? Like as soon as it starts, like he was so great in Edmonton, everybody loves him. He's this amazing quarterback. But as yeah. soon as it starts to fall off a little bit, everybody like mm -hmm. that love for him is gone. Right. 100%. Like it's, it's what can you do on the field for me now? So that yeah. ability to get it back, I think, is so impressive that like you can go through all that because a lot of people coming out of college don't understand the mm -hmm. business of football. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's a business like, you know, all these GMs, all these coaches, like they're trying to protect yeah. their jobs, too, because they're making millions doing this. And if they do a bad job, they're not going to get the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. So like they're they're trying to go through that that business of, of the game. And unfortunately, you're just a pawn piece in it when you're a player. Right. 100%. And so, so for you to get that love back playing in the XFL, like obviously it would have sucked to have it end, but then you get yeah. the chance to go to BC and all of a sudden, you know, you get back into that starting role. And, and now mm -hmm. it's like, it seems like you're, you're, you're well on your way and, and off and running here, but it, like you still carry that, that with you that like, I remember where I was 
in yeah, 2018, sure. 2019. But, yeah. you know, now I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let them take that away from me. Even though it's not everything to me, you know, mm-hmm. it's still, I, I still want to do this. I'm not letting that being taken away. Yeah, I feel like all, all football is opportunity and timing. Opportunity and timing. You know what I'm saying? There's 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 plenty of guys that can play. You know what I'm saying? But it's 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 is are you there at the right time? And is the opportunity there? I feel like I kind of got at BC like the perfect time. You know what I'm saying? I was kind of like rode that wave of just like you know what I'm saying. They're kind of going in a different direction at at, at running back and like just kind of like I kind of stuck around. You know, some guys got hurt, and I was able to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a lot of that. Like is is the guy hurt at this time? You're gonna get your t- time to sh- time, your, your 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 shot. So it's just opportunity and time because there's plenty of guys that that probably could play that can play that are sitting at home right now, but just like their opportunity and time and it was just a little bit off. And and that's that's that that's the worst. That's the worst part about this business. You know what I'm saying? It's only it's only one ball. Thanks. Alfred's pointing at you because <laughs> Alfred feels like that guy. We like we literally had this conversation last week. Alfred and I had this conversation last week. Like Alfred feels like that guy where just like the opportunity and the timing just didn't work out for him. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, and and like it's it's something that you don't realize until you're through it that it's like oh 100%. this is the business of football. And then you talk to anybody who's played and and it's all kind of the same story, right? Like everybody wants the, you know, the big like Nathan Rourke story, but even Nathan Rourke comes across and he says, Hey, I got a chip on my shoulder. Like, like he said in his, his going away uh, message on social media, he said it was an unexpected stop. Like he thought he was going right from Ohio to the NFL and he comes to the CFL and that doesn't mean that he doesn't like the CFL, but he still Mm -hmm. plays with the chip on his shoulder, but everybody sees him as this huge success story, but that's not, the perception he sees in himself like he still gets caught up in the business of football mm-hmm. yeah look at look at a guy like nate you know what i'm saying nate behind mike riley who yeah who's a future hall of fame cfl quarterback you know what i'm saying and then mike riley goes down and nate comes in and does well and then struggles a little bit you know what i'm saying and that's when uh people were kind of surprised when we just gave nate the keys mm-hmm. uh you know before the season they were like ah, i don't know you know what i'm saying but but, you know, Nate took advantage of his opportunity and his time. You know what I'm saying? Got to learn behind Mike. And then, you know, Nate was, knew what he was able to do. And we were we knew what Nate was able to do. So just he took advantage of his opportunity and time, and, and he crushed it. And, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's no better person, no better guy that I, that I would rather have that happen to. And he's so young. You know what I'm saying? It's opportunity, timing, and youth. Like, mm-hmm. if you got youth, too, like, you – you are you got the you got you got the uh the golden ticket. Young, you? available, and cheap is like the big thing I always hear. <laughs> Going Man. through you go through trying to be a broadcaster, they're like, Oh, you're young, available, and cheap. You'll get opportunities. Yeah, see that's that's life. And JB, I have a question uh about yeah. since we we're talking about Nate. When uh when you said everyone knew what Nate was capable, um, did you ever predict that he would be you know, Kid Canada coming Kid out Canada. there slinging 400, you know, a game. There know, had to there. be there had to be a moment on the sideline, like in the second or third quarter where you looked at there and like, yo, this guy's really fucking doing this right now. Like, we're, yeah. like, we're really fucking doing this, like on day one. Yeah. Nah, Nate Brady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nate Brady. I was, I would say uh, he, he's so, I mean, you got to think like, 
Mike was was hurt a lot of a lot of uh, the season, so he didn't practice a lot. So Nate mm-hmm. practiced with us the entire, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. that entire year throughout the oh, week. Exactly. And, and Mike, Mike, Michael play like you know, Mike practice like that Thursday or Friday, two to two to two or three days before the game, and then go play the game. But so so Nate was you know dicing up at practice, you know what I'm saying? Then uh, he's got his big QB QB motion coach that like that shows like you know what I'm saying. But I remember what I remember most about Nate uh the year prior. Every one of his balls was a bullet, like every single one, like just like it's gonna hurt your hands. Like put your gloves on if you're gonna warm up with Nate. But then I just remember the year after it was like, oh, he kind of kind of took some off of it. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to kill me with every ball. But uh, but yeah, it was definitely just like I would say it was probably that the first game, and then just like we just kind of knew after the first game, like yeah, Nate's gonna Nate's like that. You know what I'm saying? And and he can do this, and, and he's been. Waiting for his opportunity. It's your first opportunity. He's prepared. Like nobody prepares more. Always compare because uh, me and Nate both were like this like whoop band, and he's like on my team, and like I think I'm work hard at practice, oh but like goodness. he crushes me every time. He plays oh quarterback. Goodness. I play running back. You know what I'm saying? Oh it's like that's crazy. Nate's, Nate's running I'm, suicide. Oh my practice. goodness. Right. Oh my goodness, bro! I Alfred. told this story last week to these guys. I'm like, bro, I I knew Nate was different after every single practice. This man was running gasser. I'd be on like the sky train going to like somewhere, and it's Nate just just running back and forth. Nobody nobody in the facility. Nate just running back yeah. and forth. I'm like, this dude's a a freak. What's going on? You know what For real, like like we get it, Nate, but like he's just like no no. No one's asking him to do that, you know what I'm saying? He's he's not he's not there to 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 be watched by anybody else, but that's just that's just how he works, man. That's how he comes to work every day and he's he's consistent in that. It's not like it's just like a he's going to do it the first couple of weeks. Now he's doing that every single week, every practice like he he's getting after it. Yeah, hey, that's good to see. Like, so that's good to see because it's, you know, really like you hear about these guys who have success and it's they put in the the effort behind closed doors. Nobody sees mm-hmm. what they're doing, but he's doing this and then he has all this success. So guys on the team can look at him and be like, hey, I, I got to step on my game, too. Right. Like exactly. he's talking about wearing the bracelet. It's like he he's beating me out there. So I got to up my level because I'm not I'm not getting beat by a fucking quarterback. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm not let, I'm not letting a quarterback outwork me in practice. Um, you talked about him throwing the ball and like how he would throw it so hard in 2021 mm-hmm. took a little bit off in 2022 when you first yeah. showed up to the CFL, like in Saskatchewan in 2019, did you see it like an opportunity for yourself, not only as like a true running back, but because you're so good at catching the ball out of the backfield, did you think like, Hey, there's a real opportunity for me to show off my complete skill set because you know, I'm, I'm really good at this. It's a more open field. We're allowed to use motion. Like, am I mm-hmm. able to, to, to do this and really get things going and sh- improve my worth? Like, did you see it as an opportunity of like, Hey, this game actually might be a little bit better for my particular skill set. Yeah. 100%. Cause I felt like I never really, I kind of always got put in a box. that's like, just like, you know, this thicker, like, you know, downhill back that like, you know what I'm saying? Just put him, put him behind a full bag and, and the eye formation and just run, you know, inside zone, outside zone, power and ISO. So it was, it was definitely cool to see like the, the spread out field, the the opportunity to, you know, to waggle, to run routes. It was tough because it was three down. So I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, running the ball 30, you know, 30 times a game, but, uh, but 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 I think that it was it was cool because because I've always really liked uh, 
James White from uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's James White from the Patriots. I don't think he's playing anymore. But I always like James White. There. Yeah, I really like James White. So I always like to compare myself to obviously like Christian McCaffrey, those guys. You know what I'm saying? That could do it all. Ivan Kamara. So it, it was definitely a great opportunity to show that I that I can catch the ball. But just me being like me, it's always been the more you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I never wanted to be able to be a liability on the field. You know what I'm saying? If it comes to blocking running or catching the ball. Like, I just want to always be able to do all those things, you know, exceedingly well. So that was always my goal to just try to prove to people that, like, if you want me to catch the ball, I can catch the ball. You want me to block, I'll block. You want me to run, I'll run. Like, just, like, whatever whatever it takes to get on the field, to to, to make this team, to get on this team, like, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So that, that, that's, that, that's always been my biggest goal. <laughs> Alfred, I remember uh, I, yeah it's... oh yeah no no I was just gonna say uh, I remember last year when I was playing in Calgary I was on kickoff I look up and I see JB and I'm like I remember I tell you I'm like bro the price gotta go up so yeah I always thought like, that was pretty impressive whatever whatever it takes man like I like I said I I don't do a lot of complaining because I just know how uh how special this opportunity is. You know what I'm saying? It's for me, it's just like, I, I remember being at home wishing I had opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I also know that like with this opportunity, there's 30, 40 guys that look just like me that run just as hard. That might be a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger that want this same opportunity that wants the same shot. So, you know, I got to go do whatever it takes to, to secure my job. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's a, it's, it's a job and, and it's a, it's a, what can you do for me? Right now, business. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what like, what's, what, like, what can you do to, to stay on the field? What can you do to, to help this team win? And just me, it's always like, I love my teammates, like, like, like my brothers. So, like, whatever it takes, like, to, to win a game, I'm, I'm gonna go do that. Okay, so I want to circle back here. Um, we were talking about we opened up with your four TD performance. Is mm -hmm. that the most you've ever scored in a game? Yes, even elementary school. I don't. Even, I think I might have scored three touchdowns in high school once, but yeah, that was the most I've ever scored in one game. Speaking like, of the four a, touchdown a, game, and a half. I do want to. I do want to thank you for winning my fantasy lineup that that week. Hey. <laughs> I started you four TDs. You 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 won me that week, so it was nice. I appreciate that. Anybody with a James Butler anytime touchdown ticket was very, very happy. Oh man. <laughs> I remember I remember I had Dominique, I had Dominique Grimes when whenever he had like three TDs. Oh boy, uh -huh. that money came in so fast. So fast. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the like how did it feel having all those weapons on one offense this year? Like you it literally crazy. it it just felt like, you know, we can hand the ball to James, <laughs> we can throw the ball to James. Rourke's gonna drop back, he can take it himself, or he can throw it, and we got like four receivers who can do it out there. You know, like it really felt like an all-star team. So like mm -hmm. like it, it must have felt good to have that, but was there a little bit of like, hey, like I want the ball more than this guy? Like, did that ever come into effect or was everybody pretty pretty good on like, hey, what we're building here is is something special? Uh Everybody, I mean, just being alpha males, you know, you always want the ball, but just like it was, it was fun to be, it was just fun to be on a team where, like, say you weren't getting the ball that much, but this other guy's going crazy and like that's your dog. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Lucky's doing his thing, you know, Hatch is doing his thing, Ron, Ron's is doing his thing, Katoy's doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? Mackie was doing his thing. 
So it's just like a, it was like a bunch of things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I got knocked out of in Toronto, Mackie came and damn near ran for a honcho in the second half. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he hurdled the dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's hurdling guys. You that know was wild. I know, right? You know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was, it was, it was cool to see to have all this like firepower. Cause I remember for me, it's like I I knew like star power, you know, lucky, you know, rhymes, you know, Roy, you know what I'm saying? So it's just cool to just be like a small piece of that. But it was it was fun because uh you just had you had to play us honest. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to play us honest, you know what I'm saying? They you know they could they could do it and even when VA got in there, he could do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like it was a as a special offense, I think, you know, three guys, you know, caught for over a thousand yards. I ran for over a thousand yards. Like I like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know about, you know, CFL offenses, but I don't like, I haven't seen that many, you know, yardage from, from at least from one team and as, as many years as I've been in it. It's like Montreal, like back in the day, like the end of Anthony Calvillo had like SJ green. Ah. And I forget the other guy. And Cahoon. Ben Cahoon, but like none of the, I don't think they went for a thousand like each ever in yeah. one season like it was like they had like really good offenses but like i don't think mm-hmm. it ever got put together like that like it was just yeah. like every time like i would always stay up right i'm in toronto so mm-hmm. you know you stay up late to watch the bc game and i would watch every bc game because i know that there's going to be a minimum of 80 points put on the board combined because you yeah. guys are going to put up 50 and then we'll just mm-hmm. see if these guys can get into a shootout with you just because yeah. like, and then even if like you went to an out it's like all right well next drive they're going 75 yards for a touchdown because like that's just how this offense is built like it was just it was insane to watch and then yeah you mentioned Mackie comes in and you got a fullback coming in and running for 100 yards it's like like can anybody miss like can we put Mario Villamazar in there next and then like he'll go he'll go for another (laughs) 100 you know like it was it was insane to watch (laughs) and the golf celly afterwards too the golf celly man that was probably the best part about this year was the celebrations for sure you know what I'm saying? I feel like we really took. I don't. I, I feel like nobody else was really in the they uh celebration bag like we were. You know what no. I'm saying? We really, we really, we really brought the variety. We had the. There was just the rock, so much to the celebrate. Rockets. It was the Rockets, the worm, the the row in the boat, the golf celly. I didn't get to be a part of that. The the gorilla celly. Like we had a had a bunch of celebrations. Like that's why I like. That's how you know I was surprised in that um, Edmonton game. I had no celebrations prepared because, like, I was just like, I'm just excited to be out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just – I would just get to the end zone and throw the ball in the air or jump in the air. You know what I'm saying? But after that game, you know, I was like, you know, let me have some some more confidence in myself. Like, I, after I score this, this is what I'm going to do or this is what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? So, you just kind of just got to manifest it. So, I it think the I think the best part, too, was that every single time someone scored – they were all, everyone else on the team was looking at them to see what the celebration was. And then everyone's yeah. like doing it right after. Like Hatch yeah. was the best at that too. Every time someone scored, Hatch was like right there, right after doing the same celly. And it's like everyone uh-huh. followed after. It was, it was dope. But um, did you guys at practice ever like decide like this is a celly for this week? Or is it just like, you just have a long list of cellies that you tried? Um, <laughs> it's it's usually like uh, that, that walkthrough day before the game. It's like, all right, after we score, this is what we're going to do. Because I remember I had my one celebration. It didn't turn out the way I needed to turn out. I had, like, the butler celebration. No one got it. No one understand. We were just all too much of in the huddle. It was against the, it was against uh, Winnipeg. We came out in the gunmetal jerseys. And I, like, 
I put my I put my uh towel on my arm and I like serve has the ball and he spiked it, but it just it didn't make no sense. Like it had to be explained. <laughs> I, so like yeah. anytime anytime you gotta explain a celebration, it's not the one. You know what I'm saying? So but uh <laughs> but uh but yeah, so that was that was the one celebration I was like, ah he I, I probably could have explained this better to the guys and, and it would have turned out better. But uh, other than that, yeah. We usually That's a good say one. like like now that you say it, like I get it, and I kind of yeah. want you to do it again. Now that like we know, like yeah. all right, now we know, yeah. Now we but, get it. Now we'll yeah. put the towel in there, serve the the butler, butler. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, like that one much. makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm kind of pissed that we missed that. Like yeah, like for us not to pick up on it, like just <laughs> yeah. just to watch it and not get it. Uh, you got a Nevada jersey behind you. You're wearing an uh -huh. Iowa Hawkeyes shirt. You went to both schools, of course. Yes. Um, why does Iowa's offense suck so much? Like Iowa's <laughs> offense? <laughs> they were terrible. And they've been right terrible. There. Uh I like what's like... wrong? What's the answer to Iowa's offense from a guy who played there? It's so that offense has been run there for since I can remember. And it's gonna be run there. And I just feel like for an offense being so bad and them still make a bowl game and them still have made bowl games. So I think what, like 10 out of the last or like, I think I want to say 12 out of the last like 14 years, you know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just Iowa's offense. They were just, I feel like they were just missing some intricate pieces. Like you know, the offensive line wasn't as dominant as they usually are. You know what I'm saying? They usually have like a first rounder on the offensive line like they did the year prior. Um, you know what I'm saying? They're still kind of figuring out the quarterback, but but yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like Iowa will, will 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 shake back. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has a down year, but like we <laughs> we 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 talk about the offense being bad, but they continue to make these bowl games. They continue to be you know one or two games away from being in the the Big Ten championship game. So it's just like they can't be that bad. You know what I'm saying? Well, either, yeah, I agree. Really good. Yeah, or, like defense is really good. Like you're gonna, I think they won a game like nine seven this year or like eight yeah. seven against like south yeah. dakota state and it was like That's all right well football <laughs> yeah and but like at one point they were ranked number two in the country and they were yeah and they were they had an offense that was putting up like you know maybe 24 points like as, yeah. a, as an alumni and as like an offensive uh -huh. alumni is that something that you want to see pick up like hey guys we gotta maybe modernize this a little bit i so feel like that's, like how involved? How involved are you still with like Iowa and 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 connecting uh, with yeah. people there? So my, my so one of my best friends he 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 just graduated so he's not a GA anymore so he was he was a GA there for the last couple of years so I still go to a bunch of games but um I just think uh like that's just that's just Iowa like Iowa isn't known for being Ohio State and throwing the ball fifty times you know what I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna beat you you know. 14 to 7 because you know they're gonna hold you to seven they're gonna score 14 points and like a win is a win you know what i'm saying a win a win is a win if, if, right. if that's how you gotta grind it out you know what i'm saying that's, that's just the big 10 I, I i personally i don't see iowa you know spreading the ball out and doing all that i just feel like you know what i'm saying it's 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 iowa football it's how they, it's how they play it's how they it's how they win games it's it's physical. It's it's gonna they're gonna run two tight ends. They're gonna have a fullback in there. They're gonna have a great running back. They're gonna have a really good offensive line. And they're gonna have a quarterback who's a really good game manager. But if they have a quarterback that's like a game changer, like I I think Iowa could be one of the best, you know, in the country if they they they, they find one of those quarterbacks like when the 
I forget who was George Kittle's quarterback. I forget his name. I was I was CJ Bathard. Like he was really good when he was there. Or or me when I had um then what was my quarterback's name? I'm bad. Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley, you know what I'm saying? Nate Stanley was a dog. So I'll never Good forget job. uh <laughs> right. I'll never forget study. <laughs> no, he, he, was, he was a Vikings draft pick, so like I just knew that off the top of my head. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's the home team. Okay. And what's your McCall? But uh like I'll never forget my most memorable game out at uh Iowa was that Ohio State game where we put up 55. You know what I'm saying? That was that was the same offense, same offensive coordinator, you know what I'm saying? So like it's capable, he just needs the weapons. Right. That's hey, that's fair. You know what? And it but yeah. like it's so weird that you go from like Iowa, which is like this school where it's like it's well known. It's like, hey, we're gonna go eight and four. We might win our division, like the we might win the Big Ten West. Get we'll close. Yeah, we'll play Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Like there was a mm-hmm. real thought this year that Iowa could have gone eight and four. If they went eight and four, they yes. could have made the Big Ten title game. And like imagine exactly. if they made the Big Ten title game and beat Michigan. Like you kind of got to put the Big Ten champ into the playoff. Eight that's four what I'm Iowa. Saying. Yeah, playing against TCU in the semifinal. Like that's something I think you know. I believe I was at the game where Iowa needed to win to like secure their number one spot. I think I believe it was against Rutgers. Me and my best friend was there. Funny enough, my other best friend, every Iowa game he's went to, they've always lost. So like I remember they were starting to lose in the halftime. Like, bro, you gotta leave. Like you gotta you gotta get you gotta <laughs> get leave out the of state. Here. For out. real. But uh they end up losing that game. But but yeah, like like Iowa's always close, but you gotta think like Iowa is known for playing uh Michigan playing Ohio State, well, I, I want to say it was like 2016 where they played number two Michigan and Michigan came to Iowa when they lost. Or when we played Ohio State, Ohio State was like number three, came to Iowa and lost. You know what I'm saying? So Iowa is is like one of those teams that that that, that is sneaky good. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not going to – they're not just going to let you beat them. You know what I'm saying? Like you're right. going to have to – you're going to have to earn it. And then like – but, yeah, this year the offense was – it was a down year, but they still went to you know they're still in it to to win the you know win the uh win the Big Ten. So it's just like even a down year, they still find a way to win. You know. How do you so, think USC and UCLA are gonna fare in the Big Ten? Like, do you I think just, it's gonna like based on the way you're talking? It sounds like you're yeah. like they're yeah the Pac-12 ain't, ain't like, ready for this. You think UCLA wants to come to Minnesota in November? I don't want to go to Minnesota in November. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's right there. And I'm, and I'm a Midwest kid. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's. Do they even have enough cold gear in UCLA for 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 a game in in November in Minnesota or Wisconsin? I mean, I do think I think they're gonna do well just because they're good teams. I think they're gonna be obviously gonna be coached well, but it's just like it's gonna be interesting to see like like both both spectrums. Like you know, your Wisconsin you've been playing and you know too below weather for the last three games. I can go to UCLA and play in 60-degree weather, you know what I'm saying? But they're also going to be spread the ball out and throw the ball a thousand times, something you're not going to be used to. But um, it's going to be interesting. I guess it's just going to depend on once you get late in, like, those October-November months, like how those teams are going to, you know, fare out when it when it gets colder and – you know, Wisconsin's coming with two tight ends, a fullback, and just running the ball. Or Northwestern, who who's never bad, but never is going to ki- kill you. But, like, Northwestern, who almost beat Ohio State this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's just what the Big Ten is. A Big Ten is a bunch of, like, 
good teams that like can beat you at any day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Purdue, like Purdue is always sneaky good. Like, like they're never just going to like roll over. They're always going to be attempting. They're always going to be well coached. So that's, that's really what the big 10 is. So I'm excited to see how UCLA and and USC compete against that. Favorite CFL stadium to play in that wasn't BC place. Mm. (laughs) I really like, Uh, I really like Hamilton. Hamilton was nice. Hamilton, yeah. yeah. Easy win. Easy win. Hamilton was, was fire. So, Hamilton loves you. Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton reminds me of uh, the Iowa, the Iowa colors, you know what I'm saying? The black, back and black, black and yellow, man. So, so Hamilton was fire. And that was the, that was the year after where we stayed out there for like a week. That was, I, was, that I, was, nice. I was not on the team at that point. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not on the team at that point. Saw the move, man. My bad. That's cool, man. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's really not that. I, that's the one thing I regret, or the one thing that hurts the most is I never, I'm from Toronto or from Ajax, which is, mm-hmm. you know, in the, the greater Toronto area. And I never got to play in like Hamilton or Toronto. I got cut right before that, right before that. And that was like, mm-hmm. man. All I needed was that, and I would have been like, you know, content with, with my life. But you know, you know, you still chase the dream. But anyway, this is not about me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to you. I'm gonna ask you a question right here, since we're talking about favorite things. Like, who, who mm-hmm. is maybe one of the hardest players you've had to play against? Not or one of your favorite players to play against? You know, or maybe a guy you're who you see on the other side of the ball, and you got to know where he is at all yeah. times. You know what I'm saying? I like I like to play against Jameer, honestly. Thurman? Jameer Thurman. Yeah, because uh me and me and Jameer, we work out together every day in the offseason. Like that's 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 who I'm competing against in the offseason. And then it's just like so funny playing him in the games. Like it's so funny because like when he tagged me, I'm like, come on, Jameer, man, let me let me you know what I'm saying? Let me let me shake a little bit. Yeah. Or like maybe miss like, that one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was one time I would call like a swing pass. I tried to cut back. He's like, You tried to cut back on me? Or it was one time where he like uh it was so funny. He uh VA slid and then he pushed VA and VA like flipped over, you know what I'm saying? Kind of sold a little bit and he got a like a what like a rough in the passer. And I'm like, he's a hothead, he's a hothead. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. But uh, but yeah, playing against Jameer is definitely uh one of my favorites. I like to play against uh what's I forget bro's name, but he's on he's on Hamilton too. Knox, Knox Jovan Santos Knox. Yeah, he's fire. He's really good. He's I really like playing against him too. He's he's dope. Uh but yeah, probably probably those two guys. Those are those two guys I like to compete against for sure. Like, is it fun when there's a linebacker on the other side who, like, isn't letting you do your thing? Like, when you're out there and you're trying to shake him and you can't, and then they're like, yeah. okay, it's going to be me and him all day and I got to beat him on the next rep? Like, do you, do you, like, do you get frustrated by that or do you, like, get up and it's like, all right, give me the ball again because I'm going to beat him this time? Like, like um, how do you approach those, like, when you get, like, a Javon Santos knocks on the other side of the yeah. ball and, and, and you got to win that one-on-one to, to get an extra 10 yards? It's a fun opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I feel like even like like with Jameer, like Jameer is my dog, but then on game day he's number fifty six on Calgary. 
You know what I'm nice. saying? Like, you yeah. feel me? Like, that's like that's my guy. We'll go to dinner day before the game. You know what I'm saying? When I if I'm in Calgary or if he's in uh, Vancouver, and like I said, like like we'll talk throughout the week. But then like it was so funny. Like when we were playing Calgary the first time, and I wasn't or at Calgary, and I wasn't I wasn't going. I didn't tell Jameer I wasn't gonna play, but he also didn't tell me he wasn't gonna play. So we both <laughs> got to Calgary. And he was like, well, you're not playing? I'm like, no. He's like, you're not playing? I'm like, no. It was just so funny because, like, and everyone was like, y'all didn't tell each other y'all weren't playing? Like, why aren't you, like, or, like, Jameer's homie was like, why aren't y'all, why aren't you telling us, like, Butler wasn't playing? He was like, I don't know. And then, like, all my homies was like, why aren't you telling me Jameer wasn't playing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to give up the, get the keys to the, to the, you know what I'm saying, to the robber. You feel me? But, uh, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of, it's kind of like a chess match, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like, like Marshawn said, everybody gonna get got. Like every linebacker's probably got me, but I feel like I've 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 gotten more is more than I more than I've gotten got though. So it's just a matter of like just playing chess and like like I said, like when I play those guys, they're just jersey numbers. I'll try not to look too much of who they are, but I know they're all great players. You know I'm saying I know they're all bigger than me, so I'm just trying my best to to to, to do my job, man, and, and not give them a clean shot of. Me. Hmm. What do you listen to? I got to one quick. Oh, my bad. Oh, no. You, no, no you go, for it, him, go for it. You hit him. You hit him. What do you got? I was going to say, we're asking all these favorite questions, favorite this, favorite that. What's your favorite thing to do in Vancouver? I got to plug the city, so. My yes, favorite sir. thing to do in Vancouver, man, is like, I feel like when it was when it was hot, I love to go to like different just low-key beaches. I really like uh, West Van. A, love North the new Van. beach? I went to, I, I went to Rec Beach. I went to the new beach. <laughs> For the first That's time crazy. in my life, and that was that was an experience. That was I, I was not nude myself, but that was that was that was an experience for sure. I didn't. I felt like I was somewhere in Europe, somewhere. I felt like I went down them stairs and went to a whole different world. But uh, but yeah, I love the I love the beach in Vancouver. Those are that's probably my best my favorite thing to do out there. So much, so so uh. So much outdoorsy things to do that I'm just not used to doing out here in the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? So many mountains, the oceans right there. I almost died one time. Funny story. So I didn't hilarious. know. I didn't know what tide was, what time. You know what I'm saying? Like rising tide, high tide, whatever. Feel me? So it was this one beach. I forget what it's called. I have it in my notes, but it's like a, it's like a beach, and then it's like rocks, and then it's like a big rock. So like mm. I was like, oh, let me just go walk to like the big rock over there and like chill up there. So I'm just there reading my book, doing my meditation. And like I have oh, like my so headphones, nice. I have my headphones on, but I had like the transparent mode on. Luckily not the noise cancellation. But um so like it was like these like group of kids like above me that were just chilling. And then there was like a, another group of girls. And then I heard the group of girls tell the kids, like, hey, I think we should like, get up out of here. Like the, the tide's kind of getting kind of high. And I was like, oh, time to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't with them. They didn't tell – nobody told me. I just heard. So, they're kind of sick for that, but it is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, I get there, and, like, you can't see the rocks. Like, you can't see the rocks where you walked on. Like, it's covered in water. Like, you can see some of them, but you can't really see them. I can't swim. So, like, Thanks. it's like my it's, – it's, I'm thinking it's my last day. So, I'm – unfortunately, I'm letting these girls – set the path like I'm letting them go first wherever they step I step and I just remember like holding up to these rocks for dear life I get to the beach finally 
And like this one dude was like, first time here, huh? Like, <laughs> he spotted you from like, yeah. he spotted you a mile away. He's like, this they're guy. Just laugh, they're just laughing at us probably from the beast, like looking at us, like holding on to these rocks. They're like, my like legs cut up bloody from like holding on to these rocks so hard. Yeah, it was, wait, it was an experience though. Hold on. What exactly is happening? Like, what is happening? Like, I was holding, I was like, I was hitting rocks because I couldn't see the I couldn't see the other rocks. So I guess like I was holding to these rocks so hard, like I scraped my leg. I couldn't feel it till like I actually got to. I wasn't worried about that right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm worried about survival, getting to yeah, fight the shore. Yeah. So, so is this like yeah. in season? Like this happened? This is, like it's a bye week. It was a bye week. It was a bye week. Oh, it's a bye week. Okay. <laughs> it's a bye week. Yeah. It was a bye week. <laughs> so James, how was your bye week? Oh, I almost died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a life or death experience. But you know what I'm saying? That's 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 what makes the man. That's what makes the man. I was I was telling I was telling Malcolm like we're both we're, we're going we're going to uh, San Fran for my birthday, and I was like I want to go skydiving. You know, like oh, that's I feel so like fire. we should go jump out of a plane. Like I want to look death in the eye and not die. You know, I would love to do that. I just have you ever done it? No, like that's one of the I've things done that it I. Before. Like that's one of the things I just want to do so bad. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm 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 like I'm afraid of a lot of things. I'm yeah. afraid of heights, but I just want to go skydiving. Like I don't even. Oh like, yeah. That, like I don't even. There's no fear about that. Like until mm-hmm. I'm in the plane and I I'm looking at oh, yeah. the world below me. There there's different. no fear. Of, there's no fear of me for that. It's different. I'm afraid of heights too, but like, like what it what is fear, man? Like everything like you like everything you're scared of. Like there's so much greater things on the opposite side of fear. You know what I'm saying? Like we What's never, fair? you never, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You never get, you're never going to be great just staying in your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? It's always being uncomfortable where it gets your most opportunities to grow. So yeah, like whatever I can do that, that I'm afraid of and doing it anyways. That was, that was also one of, uh, in my, in the Yamas and Niyamas was like, you have to let yourself be afraid then do it anyways. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's going to be a big affirmation of mine this year. Did you ever do Grouse Mountain? Uh, <laughs> I did it my my uh my my rookie year at uh BC. So funny. I was I, I would I was I would go to so many places by myself. So I went to the suspension bridge and then I was like I was like looking on the maps and I'm like, oh Grouse Mountain's right there. I might as well just go do the Grouse Grind while I'm here. Like no pre- no preparation, no nothing. And I had like dunks on, but I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna knock it out. I heard it's only an hour. I'm just gonna knock it out real quick. It was like probably like five, six o'clock. I started going up it. It started getting dark outside. And yeah. I'm like, I don't wanna have to walk down this mountain when it's dark. But I didn't know it was my first time. Nobody told me there was a gondola. I didn't know about a gondola. I remember I met this old guy. His his name was like Mechi or something like that. And he was moving. So I'm like, all right, bet. He's going to set the pace for Grouse Mountain. And this dude was like 70 years old. And when I tell you, I would have to sit down and be like, yo, Mechie, like, he's like, no breaks, James, no breaks, no breaks. And I was like, all right, for sure. And then finally, I just let him go. I let him get on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back. So I think I got to like three quarters. I turned around and I walked back down because I didn't want to. I walked back down. I didn't get all the way up, though. Oh, you didn't I, know. Probably, I didn't get all the way up. I was like, nah, I'm not about to walk back down this mountain in the dark. So, and my phone was dying. And I was like, is it even worth it to get up here and not <laughs> have no pictures? 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Bro, did it even actually, happen? Did it yeah. even happen if yeah. I didn't get pictures of it? You know I'm what? Get up there I and think, not flick up. I think we went the same day. Now that I remember. Yes. Yes, y'all went. Y'all was there. Now, that's that's the funny part. If I didn't see y'all, I would have been stranded because I didn't have no phone. I didn't know how to use a bus system. I did. I couldn't have gotten an Uber. So funny enough, that was such a funny day because y'all had all went. And I was going up, and I'm just, like, walking to this bus station. I see, like, Alfred. I see Boom. I see Steph. I'm like, what are y'all doing? I see Jay. Like, what are y'all doing here? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, I remember, yeah, we did go the same thing. And y'all were and you all, was like, in oh, for real. Yes, and I was in ducks, and I was like, bro, I tried. I, I quit. I, like, I walked back down. Nah. Luckily, I found a job because I didn't know how to use that bus system. So, yeah, that was that was such a funny day. But that was my grouse grind experience. <laughs> grouse grind was the hardest thing I've – in my entire life, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, ever I done. still I want I want to try it, but yeah, like, but that's the thing. Like me, when it comes to heights, man, like my heights got to be like a max forty five minutes, and nothing crazy. Like I want to just like a really cool view. That's a, not a hike. chill hike. I'm not I'm not a like. That like, is not a hike. Not to, yeah, that's a that's a. I don't even know what is it. They call it they call it the Earth Stairmaster or whatever. <laughs> Dude, it's oh, like good. the steps are like chest high. Every step is chest high. Like that's nuts. crazy. Yeah, I didn't nuts. get that. I didn't get that. I didn't get that high up. Malcolm, you ever did the girls' grind? Yeah, I think I did it once or twice. Like it's hard as hell. I didn't run it. That's for sure. I, I went with the mindset that I wasn't even running it anyways. I'm like, I'm gonna run it. it. Yeah, like even no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. Some Dude, people. You know it. people that ran it. Yeah, bro. Like the. Vancouver Canucks, some of the sports teams out here, they run it in like under an hour, and you'll see them just like sliding, it's going up. That's crazy. Can't do that. that's, yeah, that's crazy, bro. I got, I got a question for you. Uh, you know, this offseason we did lose a CFL great with Brian Burnham retiring. What was it like playing around him with your first two years in the CFL? I feel like that's somebody you'd probably love to yeah. just pick their brain. Yeah, no, nah, Burn was Burn was dope. Like, I feel like I've played with some. Some definitely some CFO grace, but but Byron was just like a a great guy. He was what I learned most from. He's just bro, was just a tough dude. Like you know what I'm saying? Like break his hand and still be out there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like break his rib, be out for you know three weeks, get a rib guard that you know what I'm saying still hurts, but still be out there just because he loves the game and he's tough, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and make crazy catches. Like it's just like it's just wild because he's like. He does it in practice, you know what I'm saying? He does it in practice, does it in the game, but he's just like a super tough, like great guy, like great teammate, but just like his his toughness is something is just unmatched. Like something that like I hope that I can take like it once I get in my my later years of playing that I can I can I can use that same toughness, just like not even just for football, but for life too. Cause like he was he dealt with a lot too, but like you know what I'm saying? This just also just mental toughness, just being a tough guy, great guy and and better person. What's on the uh, pregame playlist, JB? Pregame playlist? Let's see. Uh, I, I just made a new playlist this year. It was game day. That's what it's called. That's the that's the picture. There we go. <laughs> uh, I start off very chill. The highs and the lows, Chance the Rapper. Then I go Keep Distant by Real Boston Richie. Then I go Don't Get Me Started. You know what's funny? I heard this. This song, I didn't even know what it was, but I heard it in Toronto. I'm like, well, this song's fire. I have to go get this right now. It's Big League by Yo Gotti 
Moneybag and, and, and CMG. And then, uh, and then honestly, what's funny enough, so I'll do that, like, when I first get out there. Then, like, I have, like, this, like, gospel playlist when I get back in because I can't get too high. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to get too high right, too right. So, like, when I get – so, when I get back in, I have to listen to um, Blessings by Chance the Rapper. It's so funny. Like, that's, like, my, like, go-to, like, the coaches literally coming into the locker room. Like, that's the last song I'm playing before I walk out on the stadium is, is Blessings by Chance the Rapper. But that's usually my pregame playlist. That's interesting because you hear a lot of guys and it's everything to like pump them up and like get ready to mm-hmm. go. And they're like, they want to have that like high twitch ready right off the bat. But yeah. like, it's nice that like you go up and then you come back down a little bit mm-hmm. so that you're not, you know, flying high right away and, yeah. and even at 150%. Exactly. Like when I'm, when I'm first out there, like pregame, I'm turned up. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of like Lil Durk and, and King Von and like you know G Herbo stuff like that, but when I'm, it's funny because I make a to- total total switch to like, you know Fred Hampton and then like Chance the Rapper and and Kurt Franklin. Like when I get back in the locker room, so I'm like, okay, I'm riled up, but let's chill out. And then obviously going back out there again, I'm gonna be riled up again. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like to ride riding the wave. Do you nice have like a? You. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you have like a Chicago only playlist, like only Chicago guys that you ride uh, with? Just with this like, is that, is that like, <laughs> like, cause you know, like Chance the Rapper, obviously from Chicago, but yeah. there is there like a playlist where it's like, these are Chicago guys, you know, not even like pregame, just anytime. Like sometimes you get in that uh-huh. mood. It's like, I just want to listen to guys, Chicago guys. From, from, from the, from the uh, no, I wouldn't say I have a, I, have, I don't have a Chicago playlist, but like a lot of my, playlist is made up of guys yeah like Lil Zay Osama yeah like it's just a lot of ESTG PGF Nook yeah Polo G yeah it's a lot of but then you know you got to have your Drake's in there shout out shout out Toronto yeah uh you know what I'm saying but uh yeah it's just like Kanye West I really like Kanye West I don't know if I can but I do still like Kanye West (laughs) you posted your Spotify rap at the end of the year and it's like number three artist and it's like crossed out it's blacked out this year everybody was like we won't talk about who my third most listened to was but like everybody's third most listened to was literally yeah uh I have one more teammate question before we wind down here um one of my favorite things about uh, when I was in BC was the plane rides with Lucky Whitehead. <laughs> Could you just give a little bit of insight of what that was like? You know, just uh, so funny, bro. Is the Lucky's the biggest character I've ever come across come around like in my life and the the fact that his name is lucky is just so it's so fitting but yeah like for me being you know a chicago guy like back when the bears used to do club dub like when they would win and they would have like a like a club in the in the locker room like yeah. the dub party that's kind of what i would feel like like win or lose like that's what the 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 the, the, the plan ride was like so i'll never forget like when he was helping the lady serve the the chicken butter or or whatever it was like the steak you know what I'm saying it was just so funny they used to be so turned up they have a speaker back there you know what I'm saying they 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 be lit back there and you know me I'm sleep or at least trying to sleep the best I can but nah it was 
it was definitely a fun experience. Like that was, it was definitely a real, like, I, I just got to give it to like, that was just a great locker room. You know what I'm saying? It was a great locker room. It was, it was a lot of good guys, a lot of good energy. And I feel like when you have a great locker room, you have guys that like genuinely care about each other, guys that are like generally like friends off the field and like, you know, hang out. I feel like that's, that's what, that's what, that's what wins those, you know, fourth quarter games when, you know what I'm saying? When like your body's hurting or, or if you, you know what I'm saying, you're not feeling well, you, you're playing for the guys. Like it's been plenty, plenty, plenty of times where like I've been banged up, but I'm like, bro, I don't want to, I don't want to let this guy down. That's my dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel me? So just, it, it was always, uh, they did a really good job at BC of just making it uh, a really good atmosphere and letting us like just kind of be ourselves a, a really cool team atmosphere. You got a lucky, you got a good lucky story though? A good lucky story? You it would have to be to that, tell? It would, it would, it would have to be that, 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 that chicken, the chicken, the chicken butter story when like uh, the ladies was trying to uh, serve the, I forgot where we were coming from. It was far because we had like the meals. It was probably like a Montreal, Toronto, or Ottawa trip, but uh, somewhere east. Just um, he was helping them like serve the meals, like, and it was so funny. It was like chicken butter or or steak, and then they ran out of chicken butter. But everybody wanted the chicken butter. He's like, "We ain't got no more chicken butter. Like, we we out of chicken butter." Like, like, oh, there's nothing I can do. Like, we got steak. That's it. Like, no more chicken butter. Like, but like, it just. I feel like people only wanted chicken butter. Just like how lucky was saying He was making it sound like it was so good. So like, we need the chicken butter. But like, they ran out. So that was that was probably my my funniest lucky story though, for sure. Definitely on the on the plane rides back where he helped the ladies. Served the meals. That was that was funny. That's amazing. That's incredible. Well, James, we won't take up any more of your time. Thanks for this. You appreciate it. That's Dude. a hot start to our hawk pod here. You're the <laughs> Ooh, incredible for first guest. Incredible yes. first guest. Like that was that was amazing. So thank you. Yeah, James Butler. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we know you're in the middle of free agency right now. We won't ask you about where you're going, but best of luck, and we can't wait to see you on the field uh, <laughs> next season and, and wherever you are. Uh, the, the four of us here will be cheering for you loud and proud. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all having me. It means a lot. I'm glad we could finally do this, man. I'm excited to see where you guys take this. You know, I'm a, I'm a podcaster myself. That was good to... Shout out the podcast. Shout out podcast. You know what I'm saying? Kind of want to, kind of got me want to get back in my podcast bag, but, yes, but that's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, pretty, I'm excited for you guys. Appreciate Yo. it, James. Thank you. All right, that's James Butler, free agent running back in the Canadian Football League. Of course, had a big year with the BC Lions, but like as as we talked about. How could you not have a big year with the offense that they put out on the field? Everybody showed up. JB showed up. We heard him talk about Mackey, right? They put in a fullback at running back when JB gets hurt, and he runs for 100 yards. Like, it's insane how well that offense moved the ball. They go to the West Final. They lose to Winnipeg. Winnipeg loses the Grey Cup to Toronto. But, I mean, BC, I know Nathan Rourke is a special guy, but I feel like they can build something special. Everything just depends on, like we talked about off the top, free agents, and, and JB's an important piece to that BC team. It'll be interesting to see where he signs. I know we didn't really talk about it with him um, because, you know, it's, it's not our place. He doesn't want to announce where he's going to sign as a free agent right now, but uh, it's going to be interesting because wherever he goes, it's, it's going to be a team that's going to enjoy him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I really enjoy, you know, you know, getting a little bit of insight into, you know, his uh, his love for reading and his meditation. 
um, just just a lot of those things that you just find out about people, you know, just talking to them. So uh, it was really interesting getting to know him. You know, I played with JB. I, I never get to got to get to know him as much as I did this uh, this uh, interview. And, you know, it was really insightful, really insightful, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was a big fan. He was uh, really well-spoken. The way he carried himself was uh, was really good. So it's definitely one of the favorite interviews I've done so far with a CFL player. Yeah, he, he's a good dude. He came across well. Malcolm, thank you so much for getting him. That was awesome. Yeah, no problem. JV's my guy. I've uh, known him since 2014, and we've been teammates, friends. So getting him on here and, you know, watching him even grow as a, as a man, it was cool. So, yeah. That was cold well, I think that was eh? Cold plunges, yes, sir. I can't do it. You got to get on them. They're nice. They feel good. I'm, I'm team cold plunge too. So, I need something for my back. My back kills all the time. You know what? Yeah, though? Right I, I might, I might dabble with the cold plunge. You know? Yeah. He made it sound enticing. I won't lie. Yeah, yeah and nice. then you try it, and you're like, ah, never again. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> this guy's built different. That's maybe that one's not for me. Well, that was a great. Uh, that was a great start to the first episode, boys. Uh, JB was a great guest. Appreciate having him on. We wish him the best of luck wherever he ends up this season. Looking forward to uh, building this podcast with the three of you guys, the Hawk Pod, um, House of CFL, Showtime Digital, Eat'em Raw. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, even even more incredible interviews and guests coming up soon. Yeah, appreciate you for being the voice, man. Love, love, Love hearing you talk. Love hearing you talk, J-Mo. All right, we'll see you next time. This has been the Hawk Pod, Jack, Josh, Alfred, and Malcolm. We'll see you for episode two shortly. Yes, sir.